Welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, we had almost 14,000 people come through here Christmas Eve. Um, so we're doing nine services this year for Easter because we're guessing that we're going to have somewhere around that or even more come through here. And we've done this little survey, and all those Easter services are the same. Um, we're, we're not doing Monday, Thursday, and then Good Friday and all that. We, we can't do all that. We're doing nine identical services here and three over at Lockport. They'll all be the same. What we're finding is that for some reason nobody wants to go to Easter on Easter. Um, yeah, everybody's coming on Thursday and like Friday night because then they're out of town or whatever. And that's great. That's why we have all these, all these different options. But I mean, come whenever you want to just get here early. We never know what's really going to happen along the way. We just, we're really excited about it. Um, we've had about 80 people get baptized here this weekend already. So give a shout out to them. Yeah. It's always cool when we do these mass things, and so we're going to do that at the end. And if, you, if God's been working on your heart and you're thinking, I want to do that, um, you can go right back to the back. There's going to be people waiting for you back there. You can do that during communion at the end of this. You might just want to be praying about it right now, thinking about what God's going to do in your heart, okay? Because uh, it's been an amazing day as we get this thing rolling. Um, we're talking about our tears. We're talking about honesty, being honest with God today. Should be the parakeet. Never really saw it coming. Uh, one day he was, one minute he was singing in his cage, and the next minute he was, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. Let me tell you the story. Chippy's owner decided to clean out the cage with a vacuum cleaner. And, <laughs> and the phone rang, and she went to answer the phone and kind of, you know, got out of balance, and all of a sudden she heard a shoop, and there went Chippy. Well, being the bird lover that she was, she immediately unplugged the, the, the vacuum cleaner, took the top off the thing, and there was Chippy in there, and Chippy was still alive. But she realized, being the loving bird owner that she was, that Chippy was all dirty now because he'd been in the vacuum cleaner, he'd been in the dust. So she decided that she'd go run him under the faucet right after that. Um, she runs him under the faucet for a while, and then she realized that that was a dumb idea. So she thought, well, now he's cold and shivering. I know what I'll do. I'll turn the blow dryer on him and dry her off. A few days after the trauma, the reporter who initially reported on the story called back and said, how's Chippy doing? The owner said, Chippy just doesn't sing much anymore. Maybe that's what life feels like for you right now. Let's talk about tears today. Guys, are you with me? If you don't recognize this song, you shouldn't go here. This is Clapton, baby, okay? River of Tears. Why am I playing this? Because guys can't cry to Celine Dion, okay? I just want you to understand that. We're watching Titanic and we're like, hit the iceberg already! Why is it taking so long? But Clapton, and this is what it's all about. Every once in a while, we just, need to, we just need to sit back and collect our thoughts and think about what's going on in our life. And sometimes when we do, there are tears because life's not going so well. When's the last time you cried a river of tears? I mean, mine were good most of the time lately. I mean, you know, good tears. My daughter's wedding last May, taking my youngest daughter to L.A. to go to college and being an empty nester. I mean, there's some tears. Bits of tears for some funerals for some people I knew. Some tears for some people that had family members that I knew. For the most part, I'll, I'll be honest with you, most of my tears have been not really a river lately, but I'm guessing that in an audience this size, there's a bunch of you with some tears. And as you hear this song, you're even feeling 
and nobody else knows what's going on, or maybe they do and they've forgotten about it, here's what I want you to understand. God knows about your tears. God feels your tears. We're in the series trying to be honest with God. We're finishing up today. We're going to be honest about our tears, and the key word here is honest. So can we just do that for a little bit? I just want you to be honest with God today. That's what we've been talking about, and we've been hammering religion for a while. When hammering religion, because religion is about what people think God wants from them, but Jesus was about what God wants for us. Do you see the difference? Religion is about, oh, these are all the things God expects me to do to get my life together so that I can be good enough to be close to him. And Jesus was like, you're never going to be good enough to be close to him. Why don't you just be honest with God and have a relationship? And a relationship and honesty goes together. That's what God desperately wants from you. But many of you grew up, you know, you're thinking that, well, you got to, you know, you can't have any feelings toward God. You can't have any bad feelings, period. we got to put on our Easter bonnet and our white gloves, right, and shine our shoes and go to Easter service on Sunday so that we could, you know, talk to all our friends and everybody say, how you doing? Fine. I'm doing. How you doing? Fine. How you doing? And we just do the fine thing because nobody wants to be honest. Nobody wants to be real. But around here, that's what we're trying to do. Because here's the deal. Jesus said that God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He causes the rain to, sh- to, to happen to pour down on the righteous and the unrighteous. So what that means is that there are going to be times when, the, when people that have God are going to be unhappy, and there are going to be times when people that don't have God are going to be happy, because all of us are going to be happy and sad at different times in our life. And we're all going to have tears. And the first thing that you need to understand about this is that that's okay. It's okay to have tears, and it's okay to be unhappy about your tears. It's okay to ask God why. Matter of fact, it would be okay for you today to say, God, why have you forsaken me? Why do I say that? Because that's what Jesus said from the cross. If Jesus could say it, and he really knew the answer, but he was crying out in pain, he was crying out in tears. If it's okay for Jesus to say why, then it's okay for you to say why. I just want you to know that. Walking in here today, wherever you came from, whatever's going on, I want you to know if you're ticked off at God, if you're upset with God, if you're sad with God, he wants to know it. And here's the answer to the why question. I'll give you a brief answer to the why question, and then we'll get into the rest of it. I read this scripture at two funerals for two men who died tragically early in accidents recently. Lamentations 3.33 says this, God does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. He does not, he, he's not doing this to you. Why then? What's the answer to why? Well, the answer is sometimes we do it to ourselves. It's our own sin. It's our own stupid stuff that we do. Sometimes it's somebody else's sin and their stupid stuff that does it to us. Sometimes it's Satan, a satanic attack. In 2 Corinthians, Paul was complaining to God because there was this problem, this physical problem he called a thorn in his flesh. And, and he's like, well, I don't know what's going on with this thorn in the flesh, but at other places he wrote, I know this is Satan attacking me. The Old Testament character Job suffered all kinds of problems. And it was a satanic attack. We've got to believe that there's an evil one here. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. That's why he's here. That's his mission statement. So it may be your own stuff you're screwing up. It may be somebody else that's screwing up. It may be Satan that's coming after you. But I believe a lot of the world's tears are just the result of the fact that we live in a fallen world. Don't forget, you know, I mean, the reason that we worship a great big God is because we're hopeful of the fact and we have faith in the fact that someday we're going to be in a place where there are no more tears. 
And no more pain, no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will pass away. When we get to that place that is heaven, that there is no more curse, we're going to be in a perfect place. Until then, here's what Paul says. He says, against its will, everything on earth is subjected to God's curse. All creation anticipates a day when it will join with God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, since the present, right up to the present time. This is, this is the problem of suffering is going back to Adam and Eve. It goes back to the Garden of Eden when sin came into the world, okay? The short answer to why is it might be your sin, it might be somebody else's sin, it might be Satan, it might just be the fact that we live in this world. But the reason I'm briefly going over that is because that's not really the issue. Somebody who suffered a lot one time told me this, and I'll never forget it. They said, you know, even if you get the answer to why, you still have the what right? I mean, if, if God talks down to Jesus on the cross and says, well, here's why I've forsaken you. I've forsaken you because you took Tim Harlow's sins and you're dying with them on the cross. And I can't be around Tim Harlow's sins because he's evil. He's a nasty person. And I need for you to take that punishment. So I'm not going to be around you. If he gets that answer from the cross, he knew the answer already. He's still on the cross. If Paul gets the answer to why he has a thorn in his flesh, he still has a thorn in his flesh. Even if we get the why answer, we still have to deal with the what, okay? And the problem with religion is, again, religion just wants to say, oh, just bury your feelings. Don't worry about the why. Don't worry about the what. Just bury them. The secular world would say, well, just express your feelings. But what we're trying to say is that there might be a third way to deal with your feelings. And that is by praying your feelings and being honest with God. You'll be amazed if you will learn to be honest with God, how different your life will be. If you'll quit trying to fake it, tell everybody you're fine and everything's fine. If you'll quit trying to go out and vent your feelings and do whatever you want to with your feelings. If you will turn them over to God, you will be amazed at how it will change your life. And that's what the Psalms are all about. The Psalms are the middle part of your Bible when you open it up. It's, it's a 150 different uh, writings that were the songbook of the early church. It was their hymn book. It was, it was their book of poetry. And, and when you read through there, what you find out is that there are psalms when people are mad. I talked about this last weekend. The guy that wrote the psalm last weekend said, God, please kill my enemy's children. I mean, there's not a worse prayer in the Bible. And this week I'm going to show you a whole bunch of prayers of people that are crying out saying, God, I'm, I'm so unhappy, I'm so sorrowful, why have you done this to me? As a matter of fact, there are more psalms about tears than anything else. So what, that, what should that tell us? Well, unfortunately, this won't start real positive. The first thing you need to understand is that you're going to have to expect tears. You're going to have to expect them. Jesus was honest about this. It wasn't his most popular statement. In John 16:33, he says this. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. He wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't have made a very good TV preacher, would he? In this world, you will have trouble. That's great, isn't it? We don't like that. We want God to be our easy button, don't we? I mean, some of you are going to get baptized at the end of this service. And, and, the, and the beautiful thing about baptism is it's the thing that unites you with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right? It's kind of like I'm saying, okay, I'm signing up. I'm, I'm going to do this. Now, here's what you need to understand. It's not about you being good enough to get baptized. It's about you being baptized and then God makes you good enough. Do you understand that? I mean, the, the baptism was like the, the very first day of the church. Peter got up and preached and people said, oh, dude, we didn't know we killed Jesus. What should we do? And he said, hey, you should go get baptized. You should repent and get baptized. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
So you, you don't attain a certain place and then you get baptized. Baptism is the initial part of your journey with Jesus Christ. But here's what I want to make sure that you don't think. Don't think that by getting in that water that all of a sudden you've become, you know, a superman, a transformer, some kind of a, you know, person that just automatically God is going to fix all your problems. As a matter of fact, you're signing up, so Satan's going to be coming at you. You need to understand that. The problem I find with a lot of Christians is they think, well, I signed up to follow God. Everything ought to be easy. God ought to be my easy button. We want God to be our trunk monkey. Have you seen these? Wouldn't that be awesome? I want one of those. That is funny right there. That's what we think. We think, well, you know, if I sign up for God, I I want everything to be good. You know what? Things aren't always going to be good. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. That's why we need the Scriptures. That's why we need to be in the Scriptures. You know, this is like Oprah today, right? It's like, that's why there's so many people at the 11 o'clock service. It's because this is Oprah day. Everybody gets a free gift, just like Oprah. Isn't that awesome? I'm sorry it's not a car. It's these Rima booklets, okay? And this is cooler because this is the Word of God. My friend Justin Ozinga put these together it's a it's a bunch of little it's a collection of booklets and everybody gets one on the way out they're free all right it's a collection of little booklets that you can pull out and there's 17 little booklets on different topics that you might be dealing with different temptations different things that are going on in your life anxiety and peace uh deception or truth death uh, uh, doubt or faith fear courage anger joy you pull out that book whatever it is that's going on in your life you're like man i need more joy i'm having trouble with anger you pull out book one you put it in your pocket you can pull it out all during the day and start reading scriptures that will help you with this that's what needs to happen we need to be able to be in tune with the scriptures and what god is doing and that's what we're doing here I brought up my friends because what they're going to do for you right now, instead of me reading through a whole bunch of them, is we picked out little pieces of the Psalms that have to do with our tears. And I know you know the 23rd Psalm maybe, and you've heard some Psalms along the way, but I want you just to listen really closely to the honesty right now. Who has trouble? Who has sorrow? Who is hurt without a reason? Whose eyes are red from crying? Death wraps its ropes around me. The terrors of hell and death overtake me. I see nothing but trouble and sorrow. My days are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, I can't sleep. It is awful meaningless. I've been fed sorrow, and I drink tears by the bucketful. Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with nothing but trouble, sorrow, and shame. Joy has left my heart, and my dancing has turned to mourning. I play sad music while I cry. My eyes are swollen with with weeping, and I consume with sadness. I'm bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. I'm worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Where Where are are you, God? God? Day and night, my enemies taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? I cry to you, God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief? How long must I struggle with sorrow in my soul every day? Will you listen? I cry out to you day and night. Will you keep ignoring me? Will you listen to my cry when trouble comes? Will you listen to our cry? God, 
Will you listen to their cry? I'm overwhelmed with trouble, and I'm pouring out my soul to you. Lord, listen to my plea. God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for help, my King, my God, for I pray to no one but you. Lord, hear my urgent cry. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears. Lord, I am in distress. Tear blurs my eyes, and my body and soul are just withering away. My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. Give me strength because of your word. I am up before sunrise crying for help, morning, noon, and night. I cry out in distress, but I've put my hope in your word, and I know that you'll hear my voice. I call to you every day, Lord. I spread out my hands to you. I cry to you out of a place of deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for your mercy is great. In my suffering, I give myself totally to you. I would be hopeless if I didn't believe that I would see your goodness in my life. I am your servant, Lord. I put my trust in you. Fill me with your unfailing love. Please, bring me joy. There's your synopsis of the Psalms. That should be any indication to us at all. It means that we're going to have tears. As a matter of fact, a lot of those psalms are written by David. David, the man after God's own heart. The David, the guy that God called to be the next king. He's writing those as he's being chased around by the current king. And he's wondering to himself, God, why are you letting this happen to me? You told me I was going to be king. And this guy's trying to kill me. Why is this going on? A lot of the psalms are just exactly that. So I want to tell you why the honesty of the Psalms is so important. I want to tell you why you need to pray your tears. Expect tears, but I want to tell you why you need to pray your tears. The first reason is because it's safe to do so. I brought it up last week. If that guy can pray, dear Lord, please kill my enemy's children, it ought to be safe for you to say just about anything. Am I right? Listen to this Psalm of David. I mean, usually David's Psalms kind of go, I'm really kind of mad at you, God, but he comes back at the end. Here's the end of Psalm 39. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Be not deaf to my weeping, for I dwell with you as an alien, a stranger, as my fathers were. Listen to this. Look away from me, that I may rejoice again before I depart, for I am no more. The prayer of David was, Dear God, please leave me alone. And it's in the Bible. What does that tell us? It tells us it's okay to be honest. It's a safe place. It's okay for you to go with God, to God with whatever is going on in your life. The presence of such prayers like this in the Word of God should tell you that God is okay with our desperation. He's okay. He knows what's going on. Where do your deep feelings belong? Should you repress them? No. Should you express them? I'm all for counselors. I'm all for friends. But what you really need to do is, is give them to God. Your tears belong in the presence of God. I said this last week, but God knows that we're four years old, okay? I mean, I don't want to insult you, but we're all four years old to God. And we're, sometimes we're mad. And, you know, when, when you're a parent of a four-year-old, you got that? Anybody got a four-year-old kid in here right now? You understand this, right? I mean, you're kind of patient with them, and you kind of understand what's going on. I, that's, that's what I feel like when your child goes, oh, Charlie bit me. You go, oh, that's cute, and I'm going to put it on YouTube, right? You're, you're not mad at them. It's just that you understand who they are. You understand what's going on. That's what God is. He understands that. He understands what's going on in our life, okay? 
So you pray your tears because it's first of all safe and secondly because he understands. There, listen to me. There's no other religious book that claims that God came down to the earth and lived among us. You realize that, right? No other religious book that claims that whatsoever. Jesus is the only person that ever claimed to come down from heaven and live on the earth and be one of us. And he's the only one that, that, that was like us, that turned around on the... I mean, think about Friday again. This is Good Friday coming up. He's saying, God, God, why have you forsaken me? He's the only one who was a man of sorrows, the Bible told us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, my soul is so sorrowful even to the point of death. He's saying, I- I'm afraid I'm going to die before I even get to the cross because I'm feeling all of these emotions. It's safe to go to God with our prayers And it's also that he understands what's going on with our prayers. And and as we think about this week and what's going on, that should be a real easy statement for us to get through. We pray our tears because it's safe, because he understands, and thirdly, because he cares for us. Because he cares for us. Listen to this psalm. It's really beautiful, Psalm 56. It's not going to make any sense to you because you don't understand this part of it, but let me get through it. Keep track of your sorrows. You keep track of my sorrows. You have collected my tears in a bottle. What is that, a Jim Croce song? I don't know, I understand what that is. You've recorded each one in your book. Well, let me tell you what it is. It was a cultural thing that they did back then. They had a a, a tear bottle. The women especially would keep a tear bottle if they were mourning. And they would literally collect their tears in a bottle to be able to show how much they were mourning and what was going on. And they would collect them and they would put them on a string and they would hang them around their neck to show everybody that they were in mourning. What this writer is saying is, man, you know what? Um, God cares about you so much that he's collected your tears in a bottle and he's hanging them around your neck, his neck. He's keeping track of them like an accountant. He has a ledger. Remember Jesus told us that the hairs on his head were numbered? Jesus told, I know all the hairs on your head. There's not a bird that falls in the sky from the sky that I do not know about, Jesus said. He knows every one of your tears. It's safe to go to God. He understands and he cares. It's really important. And the last thing is, because he's trustworthy, you should pray your tears. Great book on the Psalms by Eugene Peterson. And he points out the fact that when we get to the Psalms, we're praying through the Psalms, and there's all these, there's all these things that you've heard already, all these complaints, all these people crying out to God. But when you get to the end, Psalm 146 to 50, there's nothing but praise at the end. And he says this great statement. He says, we have to realize that what the Psalms are teaching us is that all true prayer pursued far enough will become praise. If you will pray, if you will open up your heart to God and be honest with God, eventually it's going to turn back around where you're going to see Him. You're going to see praise. You're going to be able... It doesn't matter how desperate you are. It doesn't matter how mad you are. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you will open up your heart to God, it will eventually turn around to praise. It might not be tomorrow. It may take a whole lifetime isn't that why, I mean, I know some older saints and they're just, they're, their life with God just seems so amazing because they've seen the answer to their prayer over and over and over again. Let me take you back to Psalm 22. Remember that Jesus is on the cross and he says these words on Friday, all right? And, and also remember that everybody around Jesus who's listening at this moment, everybody knows all of the Psalms. They've memorized them. Okay, this is like more than Beatles music, more than anything else. They knew all the words to these psalms. That's what they knew. So when Jesus goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Everybody went, click, Psalm 22. 
Here it is. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. You are enthroned, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. You see what happened there? He's like, God, I'm mad at you. Why are you so far away from me? I cry out by day. I cry out by night. Yet, but you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. And you, our ancestors, put their trust. They trusted in you and delivered them. To you they cried out and they were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. You know what yet is there? You know what but is in some of your translations? I like that better. You know what that is? Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Help me out here. It's a conjunction, yes, okay? Let's do a little English here. It's a contravening conjunction. What does that mean? That means that the power of everything that happened before the conjunction is minimized by what happened after the conjunction, all right? What that means is, God, I'm really upset, I'm really mad, and then all of a sudden, boom, ding, 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 yet you are on the throne, you are the Holy One. And you, I will put my trust. When you listen to this psalm all the way through, you hear David complaining. He's saying, everybody's after me. I, I'm, I'm so upset. All these things are going on. And he gets, to the, he gets to this part right here, this conjunction, and he goes, yet, but I know that you're God. I know that this is okay. If you will pray, if you will open up your heart to God, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a conjunction for you. It can't be a conjunction unless you're honest with God. That's the only way there's going to be one. If you're honest and you start crying out to him, then God can come and speak into your life and can go, hey, remember I'm here? I mean, John 16, actually is a very popular verse of Jesus, but not for the beginning of it. The beginning of it I read already, in this world you're going to have trouble. Here's the rest of it. But take heart. Conjunction, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. That's the message of Jesus. That's the message of God. That's what we do with our honesty to God. That's how we pray. Jesus says, look, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not always going to work out. But take heart. I'm with you. I'm holy. I'm on the throne. I'm in charge. I got this. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you an extremely goofy video right now. I know you're like, shock. I, I know, I know. But I'm, I, listen, I, somebody sent this to me this week, and it is so perfect to make my point, but it is so weird. And I'm showing this to you for two reasons. Number one, I spoke at all about Nazarene University this week on Wednesday, and um, what I didn't realize is that when you speak to college students now, they tweet about you while you're speaking. So thank you, all of that, students. What I did is I went back and, and, I, and I read the tweets about me after it was over, which is always kind of humbling. And some people had nice things to say, you know, some people. But, but two comments came out of this that I thought were interesting. One person said, he reminds me of Bill Ingball. And one person said, he reminds me of Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> so I just decided that Parkview is now the blue-collar comedy church, okay? I can show whatever video I want. Are you all right with that? Good, good, because that's the way it's going to be from now on. You might be from Parkview. I mean, we'll start the whole thing, right? This is good. I like it, okay? That's reason number one. Reason number two is because this video is absolutely perfect for what I'm trying to illustrate, all right? 
If you're being chased by a bear, sometimes you need to remember that you're a guy on a buffalo. One day the guy on the buffalo was cruising around through the plains, seen a bear. And he thought to himself, oh man, I gotta get away from the bear. Hope he don't chase, oh no, he's gonna chase me. Oh no, I better just turn around and chase him back. Guess what? I'm on a buffalo. Am I right or am I right? I mean, that is perfect. Hey, bear, bet you didn't know. You were chasing a guy on a buffalo. That is funny right there. I don't care what you say. Listen to me. Here's, the, here's, where, here's my point, okay? At some point, if you're honest with God, if you will quit trying to deal with all of your junk all by yourself, if you will just be honest with God, God will go... Hey, hello, McFly, I got something for you. You're a guy on a buffalo, remember? Remember, I'm the God of the universe and I got this. You don't have to worry anymore. Hey, I bet that bear didn't know you were a guy on a buffalo. Listen to Psalms 22, Psalms 27. David says, the Lord, oh yeah, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Huh? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh... When my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me or I'm attacked by a bear, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Why? Because I'm a guy on a buffalo. Listen to some more of the resolving psalms of prayer and, and the Psalms, listen to how David and the writers in these Psalms start to resolve things when they open up themselves and they're honest with God. You keep track of all my sorrows and you've collected each one of my tears in your bottle. You've recorded every one in your book. Those who plant with tears will reap with songs of joy. Though it's certain you will cry and have sorrow, your sorrow will be turned to joy. When my anxiety is the worst, his comfort brings joy to my soul. The little troubles we suffer now for a short time are getting us ready for the great things God has in store for us forever. You promise us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, and an oil of joy instead of sorrow, and a spirit of praise instead of despair. You, Lord, have saved my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. You have turned my crying into dancing, and you've dressed me with joy. You set my soul free. My lips will sing for joy forever. You have filled my heart with joy. He will wipe away all our tears. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. He will swallow up death forever, and he will wipe away all of our tears. He will be our light forever and ever, and our days of sorrow 
will end. Because we're a guy on a buffalo. I want you to read, I want you to listen to one more scripture. Um, because this is going to be my prayer for you. And then we're going to go into communion. We're going to go into our baptisms. And um, we're going to spend a minute. We're going to, student band's going to come out and do a real nice contemplative song for us just to spend a minute being honest with God. But I want to read one more scripture. Great story out of Second Kings. Another story about being against the odds. Um, the servant of Elisha and Elisha are hiding out in this city and the army, the bad guys, I'll just leave it at that, are against them and they're coming to attack them. And here's what happens in 2 Kings chapter 6. When the servant of the man got up and went outside the next morning, they spent the night there. When the servant of the God got up the next morning, he looked out and he saw an army of horses and chariots that had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, he said, what shall we do? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us or more than those who are with them. And the servant had to be going, like, dude, you have multiple personalities, you have invisible friends, because I don't think you're understanding the situation. It's you and me and a whole army out there. And Elisha prayed this prayer, which is the prayer I'm going to pray for you right now, if you're watching this on the Internet, if you're sitting here right now, whatever, this is my prayer for you. Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked up and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He realized that there was actually an army of angels and the army of angels came along and took care of the battle, took care of the enemy and they didn't have to lift a finger and do anything. I want to tell you something. If you will take your tears, your fears, your doubts, if you will, if you will take your anger to God and say, Lord, just open my eyes so that I can see. You may not physically be able to see the supernatural forces that are around you, but you will be able to feel the supernatural forces that are around you. You may not be able to see the buffalo, but you'll realize that you are on the buffalo. You'll realize that in this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart because God has overcome the world. That's what we celebrate next weekend. That's what this whole thing is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Don't leave early. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? was surpassed by he is not here, he is risen. So right now we're going to just take a moment and if you're uh, ready to get baptized, if you're thinking about getting baptized during this song, you can go to the back and uh, they will start getting your information from you, give you some... Uh, give you a Ziploc to put your stuff in so you don't have to worry about it. We'll take care of all the stuff. we got t-shirts and shorts if you want to wear something else or just get baptized in your clothes because it's a great day. It's a great day for you to celebrate Palm Sunday, April Fool's Day. What a great day to say to Satan, nah, April Fool's, I signed up for God. I mean, come on, this is good. Uh, there's so much richness to this, isn't there? I mean, there's so many, I just, the reason we're doing it on Palm Sunday, we're going to do it Palm Sunday for the rest of the, our lives here at Parkview is because it's a perfect way for you then to be able to come into Easter and go, Hey, I united myself with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to do that. And, and for the rest of us, we will take communion and all of us will take communion together. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of time. And again, my prayer for you. And I hope that your prayer to God right now will be, God, open my eyes so that I can see. I hope that you'll spend just a moment right now and be really, really stinking honest with God and tell Him why you're mad, tell Him why you're sad, tell Him what's going on in your life and why 
things aren't turning out the way that you wish they would in the world you will have trouble. Just take that to him right now, will you? And understand that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. That's what Jesus says. That's what prayer does for us. Because you'll be able to figure out to take heart because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Let's spend some time in prayer. Um, Here's what I'm thinking. We're going to do communion for just a minute. We're going to spend some time for all of us together. They're going to pass the communion. They're going to pass the emblems across. There's two cups, one inside of the other one. There's bread in the bottom and juice in the top. If you'll just take them both out, take both cups when the trays come by and hold them for a minute. We're all going to commune together in unison just a second. And um, you don't have to be from Parkview. If you believe in Jesus, please take these and we'll do communion together. Uh, that, this, is, uh, this is the sacrament that that God asks us to do all over and over again. Baptism is the one he wants us just to do once. And if you've never done it by immersion, like I said, 80 people or so have done it already today. Getting ready to baptize my friend in here right now. We've got a bunch of, bunch of people ready to go. We're ready for you too. I'm going to ask for uh, God's blessing on us for just a moment. We're going to pass the trays across, and we're going to be ready to go. God, I pray that you'll be with us as we spend some time right now with you contemplating what's going to happen on Friday contemplating the fact that there was a death and a burial and a resurrection. As we come back together this next weekend, whether it's on Thursday or Sunday or in between, we just uh, pray that you'll be with us this week as we're thinking about you, as we're thinking about what you did for us, as we're thinking about the fact that all of our guilt and all of our sin put you on that cross. And that all we have to do is to accept you and to follow you and all of those sins are gone. They've already been paid for. All we need to do is accept your grace into our life. There are people that maybe need to do that right now today. I pray that they'll just open up their heart to you and say, Jesus, I'm ready for you to take care of my life now. I need to remember I'm a a person who is an overcomer because you're in my life. I'm a guy on a buffalo. I I, I accept you as my Lord, my Savior. Lord, for all of us, as we uh, commune with you right now, we remember Good Friday. We thank you, and uh, we don't do it lightly. We know what you did for us cost you everything. So we're very grateful for this gift that you've given us right now. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.